Well, as we get you set for a great slate of Big 12 games this weekend, one of the top games on the Big 12 schedule is the Sunflower Showdown. K-State at KU. It's going to be a heck of a matchup between these two top 25 teams. I'm Pete Mundo, of course, on Heartland College Sports. And uh, we are happy to welcome on uh, one of our own, Joe Tillery. He hosts the Everything Emaw podcast, uh, and that is a K-State exclusive and focused podcast. So make sure you're downloading that wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a Kansas State fan and you want to know more about what's going on um, and what has been a very exciting year for the Wildcats, trying to get back to that Big 12 championship game and, of course, defend their title. So, Joe, what's happening, man? Thanks for being here. Let's just start off with this. Uh, This team getting ready for this game. You know, for a long time, KU has stunk. What does it mean to have the Jayhawks playing pretty darn good football and this rivalry taking on a new meaning, it seems like, statewide? Well, first off, I'm excited to be here, so thank you so much for that. But it is such a great thing for the state of Kansas. And I know that there's K-State fans that might not like the idea of their opponent or their rival being, you know, a talented team. But you got to understand, there are so many great athletes in the state of Kansas. And one thing that hasn't been represented in the previous, you know, two decades, it seems like, you haven't really ever had that top 25 matchup outside of a, you know, an isolated game or two where there's two teams playing good football at the same time. And obviously with Kansas, you know, the quarterback situation is going to be something to follow. We don't know whether it'll be Jason Bean or Cole Ballard in the game, but it's exciting because you have two programs that are ascending. And obviously Chris Kleiman has continued that Bill Snyder level of consistency at Kansas State, but you look at what Lance Leipold has done and there are, you know, comparisons to that of what Snyder did. Obviously, it's early on in that process, so that's kind of an out-there thing to say at the moment. But it's exciting because you continue to get good football from the Sunflower State, and it is a great rivalry to be a part of. Mm -hmm. No, it really is. And, you know, you're right. um, As a K-State guy yourself, I think to bring up that the underrated talent uh, that exists across the state really doesn't get attention. Not that Kansas is ever going to be Texas. It's it's not going to be Oklahoma when it comes to high school talent. But, man, I mean, thinking about guys like uh, Brees Hall comes to mind, Avery Johnson uh, there at Kansas State. I mean, there is talent in this state. And then once it gets developed, uh, you can really see it flourish, Joe. Exactly. I, and I, I want to give a special shout-out to Chris Kleiman for all the development that he's done, Bill Snyder over the years. But you look at a guy like Cooper Beebe, Kansas City area kid, and comes in as a three-star player, getting some praise at a high school, but not to the level of obviously – some of your four-star, five-star guys across the nation, but you take him and develop him into, you know, let's say it, a first-round NFL draft pick. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's the type of guy you have. Mm -hmm. The state of Kansas has a plethora of those three-star, you know, high three-star, low four-star guys that really have that opportunity. And, you know, you mentioned a Brees Hall, you mentioned some Avery Johnson stuff. Like, it is the development that takes into that next level, but the state of Kansas, if you're able to recruit, which is why it's so impressive what, Taylor Brett, Kansas State has done over the last couple of years, they've brought in some of those three-star guys and turned them into legitimate NFL-type players or players that are seriously some of the best players at the position in all of the Big 12 conference and all the country. I mean, Cooper Beebe is up for numerous awards every year, and it seems like that's only the beginning. So there's a lot of those three-star guys that really take on, you know, a role of their own and develop to that point. But you look at this matchup, I mean, there's a ton of Kansas kids on the team. I mean, DJ Giddens would be a great example players from the Junction City area that are, you know, in that next wave of who's going to be the guy. You know, Mm -hmm. Michael Boganowski obviously headed to Oklahoma, but there's a lot of the talented players that if you really can bring some of them into the program, 
you will you will see dividends earlier than expected. So what about this game? K-State's an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. It opened up at seven-and-a-half, and, you know, I get it. Kansas quarterback situation is a little uh, um, unsure right now in terms of what they're going to do at that position. But does this game as a K-Stater concern you? Um, and if so, why? Yeah, so, I mean, I hate to just harp on the quarterback, but you look at Jason B. He's been impressive this season, and I don't know that that's something as a K-State fan that I've said, like, if Jason Bean plays, it's a different game. I didn't expect to have that on any bingo card for any year ever, to be honest with you. But the dude has developed into, you know, a capable quarterback and even someone that, you know, you can rely on as your starter. Obviously, Jalen Daniels is your guy in the beginning of the season, but due to some different injury stuff, some lingering back issues, you turn to being a kid who's faced so much adversity that he does scare you a little bit. Obviously, Kansas State is playing some of their best football of the year. I mean, I think right now if you put Kansas State on neutral field with anybody in the conference, it's going to be a one-score game just deciding on which way that goes. I mean, you saw that in Austin. You'll see that a couple more times um, down the stretch. But Kansas State's going to be tested. But I feel like the difference is that there is a difference in preparation for this game. Whereas, you know, Lance Leipold has to communicate to his team, hey, we got to get the monkey off our back. This is a going on a 15-year streak of losing to Kansas State. This, this would be the 15th if Kansas does drop this game. Chris Kleinman knows how to maintain what's already happened. And, you know, you heard Will Howard talk about it. Um, there is this instilled thing, Will Howard being a Pennsylvania kid, even he mentioned this week, he's like, how could I not hate KU? I think there's just such an extra additive every year on the schedule for this game, you know, and you can make that, you can make that argument for a lot of teams and their rival, but Kansas is definitely more concerning than they have been in the past, but you still love where Kansas State is at offensively, defensively. Their special teams is getting things figured out. So, I think there's about a – I mean, it'll depend on the quarterback position, but if you get Jason Bean, there's about a 41% chance, I feel like, that I, I – like, that's the part of me that's worried. You know, mm-hmm. There's about 40% of my body is concerned. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Interesting. Joe Tillery is joining us here on the show. He is part of the Heartland College Sports team. Uh, he hosts the Everything Emaw podcast. If you're a uh, K-State fan, make sure you find that wherever you get your podcasts. So let's dive into this here, uh, Joe. You know, it's been a weird week in the Big 12, of course, with the, hot, the tiebreaker situation uh, that, of course, nobody understood earlier in the week. And now uh, we do know that if Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and Oklahoma win out, they're all 7-2, and two, and Oklahoma State would go to the Big 12 championship game um, over the other two because they have head-to-head wins. It makes sense, but I know the K-State reaction has not been a positive one to all this. Uh, so what's going on there? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you said it, you know, let me get this out before I get into my frustrations with the league and some of the decisions made, but if you're looking at resume, Oklahoma State does deserve to be in. They've got wins over Oklahoma and Kansas State. I'm not going to dispute that part of it. However, those rules in the Big 12 bylaws were not what was represented at the beginning of the season. And I know the league came out and said, well, we need to clarify a rule. They've kind of flipped the 180 in the situation, and you've got numerous people who have reached out to the league hey, can we get a clarification on the specific line about if not all tied teams have played, then go to step two. And it's been radio silence dead air. You know, you haven't heard it in the league. I understand that there's the AD meeting. There's a lot of things that go into the situation. But in the specific bylaw saying that, hey, if not all these teams have played, then you go to step two. That line is just thrown out the window. Then That's the whole difference here. Because I'm not disputing that Oklahoma State doesn't deserve to be in, but Big 12 Conference, especially with K-State fans, I mean, 
you go from thinking, all right, we have no chance, and then you read the bylaws, you say, you know what, we do have a chance. There is a chance that you get into Arlington, and even the people, like, during the K-State game with Baylor, they showed a specific graphic, and Kansas State had the second-best title odds to win the Big 12 title, which to me as a fan was a little confusing because that was before a lot of the pushback and the feedback this week, but it's been a tough week of understanding that there are people who make decisions out of our hands that don't necessarily always have to take accountability for the actions. I mean, you think about multiple different teams being affected, that's the issue. And it's the difference of, hey, this is a clarification. We just had to talk about it. This hasn't been a clarification. This has been a whole different scenario. You know, you're handing us a different deck of cards and then mentioning, well, it's because you mistake our intent. Here's the end of the day argument. If there's fans who mistake the in- intent of the league saying, this is what we plan for tiebreakers. If there's as much conversation as there was this week saying, what the heck is going on? Maybe we need to go back to the drawing board because the way it reads, it's like, you know, either a seventh grader put it into chat GPT and that's what it spit back. Or, you know, I don't know what's happening. It doesn't make enough sense when you propose the rules to get to the point now where we're two weeks away and we have to consider changing the rules or manipulating the rules or doing something different like that, where it's just been, it's been a tough week for K-State fans, but I know that the Big 12 is a lot on their plate, but it just does not make sense the way this has been handled. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely been weird. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Now, the, the season at large, suddenly that Mizzou loss doesn't look all that bad. We know what kind of season Mizzou is uh, having this year. So uh, you look at that loss, you look at the Oklahoma State loss, you look at the uh, Texas loss, and you sit there and you say to yourself, well, the only one that really bothers me is probably the Texas loss because you have the comeback, you go to OT, you go for the two-point conversion. I wouldn't have done that, Joe. That, and I said as much you know, on my show uh, that weekend when the game happened. But I can't hate the Oklahoma State loss because we've seen what the Cowboys have done. And frankly, I think that the success this, since then has been driven in part by that loss and utilizing Avery Johnson at times and working him in. What about you? I agree. I mean, it's tough because you look at that Texas loss and you say, you know, what might have been yes. the field goal situation. Because there is something there where, you know, there's more issues throughout the entire game that led up to that moment. You know, there's a lot of lackluster play call and the continued effort to try to establish the run game when you're averaging, you know, sub two yards of carry against one of the best runs in the Big 12. There's some questions there. The hard part is that early in the season, the struggles defined somewhat of where we're at now. But you look at it, you know, Will Howard is a great guy to focus on for this. Through the first five games of the Big 12 season, or not even the Big 12, excuse me, through the first five games of the regular season, you know, you have non-conference games into the Big 12 play. Will Howard threw seven interceptions in five games. Since starting out through those five games, he's thrown one pick, and it was a bobbled pass from Keegan Johnson in that Texas game. Since then, Will Howard has been one of the best quarterbacks in the Big 12 with a 12-to-1 touchdown to interception ratio, and you see the type of football that K-State was capable of playing all along, it's just a little tough that it took implementing Avery Johnson in the game, not just to put pressure on Will Howard, but to see what the offense could do if we don't turn the football over. And obviously you get that explosive performance from Avery at Texas Tech, but there's a lot of what-ifs in this season. But overall, you got to understand, going down the stretch in the Big 12, nothing is ever a guarantee when it comes to teams winning that are expected to win. So there's mm-hmm. still a possibility but it is a season of what ifs based off of who you lost to. If you got a different Will Howard at that time, if you got the post, you know, the second half Will Howard, it's a different game. You know, I fully believe now if you line up on a neutral field for 
Oklahoma State or even Texas, now that you know the offense seemingly knows how to attack Texas, if they get that shot again in Arlington, I think it's a different game. So it's been a good season, but there's still more to take care of. There is, um, and you're right. I mean, heck, I don't know. I look back to that Texas game, Joe, and I'm like, it was pretty obvious what wasn't working early, and it took too long for the offense to figure out that running the ball between the tackles was not going to work in that game. So, you know, I agree. If they meet again in the Big 12 title, I think it's a different approach. But, man, you got to be kicking yourself at K-State saying, you know, for the first half of that game, stop running the damn ball. I mean, that was so frustrating to watch. Absolutely. I mean, the hard part is that for some reason, and I don't want to say that Colin Klein is, you know, whatever I want to say, but he's a capable play caller. But why do we have to continually learn this lesson once a season? Mm -hmm. I mean, that Tulane loss in the non-conference, obviously that aged well as well, where they had two losses on the year and they were a top 25 team, top 15 team. That makes sense. Win their conference and everything. However, why does that lesson have to be learned so late in the game? I mean, until the last drive with sub one minute left and you block that kick, Kansas State was the worst team on the field by so far. And then you get the defense coming to live. Obviously, Malik Murphy's a different situation with the quarterback play rather than having, you know, a Quinn Ewers there. But you spark something at halftime and you come back and that team's ready to roll. This is the Kansas State we all expected. I know that a lot of us that did have Kansas State at the top of the Big 12 preseason poll, that's the team you expected to see. It is so tough because that's a winnable game at Texas, but it is weirdly reminiscent of that first TCU loss from the previous season where Will Howard had to come in, you know, after Avery, or excuse me, Adrian Martinez took the first play and couldn't go. Will Howard comes in and leads a touchdown drive, which I know in my case, I was like, I don't think we're doing anything. Mm-hmm. Will Howard didn't for a Big 12 title. It's tough because it's a game of what ifs, but I just wish we didn't have to learn that lesson once a season. You know, if we establish that, yep. okay, first quarter, it's not working. We can try it in the second half, give it some time open up the playbook for Will Howard is ready to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, um, what about when you look at where the Big 12 is right now? I mean, there's really five teams in the race. Joe Tillery, I don't want to put you on the spot, man, but who do you see making it to Arlington? That's the hard question. Obviously, I think Texas is the first one. I think they're going to have enough to beat Iowa State. I know it's Ames, so you get a little bit of that voodoo magic. That, that speaks for itself, so there's definitely something there. Um, I would expect it to be a Texas game. I don't expect it to be, you know, Texas-Oklahoma. I feel like if things go the right way, because there is still an argument where Oklahoma State could drop a game, but personally, I see Texas and Oklahoma State in the Big 12 title game. I think that's the game, but unless something flukish happens and there's some way K-State can get back in there, I think that's the game we're all destined to see. Well, Joe Tillery, uh, we love having you on, man. You're doing great work with the uh, Everything Emod podcast, and uh, K-State fans should go check it out now wherever you get your podcasts. And we appreciate you being here, Joe. Thanks for a uh, great time, and enjoy the games this weekend. Anytime. You do the same. All right. Well, uh, we hope you have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the games, and we'll be back talking with you here soon on Heartland College Sports. Leave that five-star rating and review. What do you say? We'll get to 750 by Thanksgiving. We got 735 ratings right now on the podcast. So just hit the five star. And if you want the koozie, leave us that rating and review as well. And send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We appreciate you guys. Enjoy the games, and we'll talk to you soon.